Welcome to the Strategy and Leadership Podcast, the podcast that brings you practical advice, lessons, and stories from senior leaders and thought leaders from around the world. The Strategy and Leadership Podcast is brought to you by SME Strategy, working with organizations around the world to create and implement their strategic plans. To learn more, visit smestrategy.net. And now, your host, Anthony Taylor. Hi there, ladies and gentlemen, folks and people. Welcome to this episode of the Strategy and Leadership Podcast. My name is Anthony Taylor. The Strategy and Leadership Podcast, we interview senior leaders, thought leaders to get their perspective on strategy, leadership, what's coming up in the future, and to help you lead your teams as effectively as possible. My guest today is Ralph Spech. I hope I got that one. He's the author of Building Corporate Soul and the co-founder and former CEO of Spark 44. And Ralph is joining us for Germany today. Ralph, how are you today? Anthony, I'm fine. It's great to be with you. Great to be on the show. I'm so excited. I, I looked at your CV, looked at all of the different organizations that you've touched on. Uh, you know, working in Europe is such an interesting piece. The transition that you've gone in your career the last two years, I'm especially excited for because, you know, presumably culminating all of that experience into a book that I think is so relevant for 2022. But why don't you tell our audience a little bit about who you are, what you did, what you do, and how you got to today? Yes. It's my pleasure. So, as you quite rightly said, I was a co-founder and, and former CEO of Spark 44, which was a joint venture with Jaguar and Land Rover, global advertising agency, marketing communications agency. When I stepped down, we were 1,200 people and had 19 offices. Um, so that was quite something. We started in 2011. We were five, five founders. And uh, I think a lot of the wisdom in the book comes from those nine years with Spark 44. Prior to that, I've had the pleasure to work with McKen Erickson, and I'm always in for the long run, you know. So I did that for 22 years in various executive roles, mostly global clients, global businesses. And what I figured out both at the time, during the time at McKen Erickson, but intensively even more at the time with Spark 44, was the importance of corporate culture. And when we founded the agency, we had the luxury to build an agency from scratch. There was nothing there. It was really a startup. It was the five of us. And we had to open up four offices in uh, LA, Shanghai, Frankfurt, and London. And uh, had to do that in, a, in quite a short time. And as we got onto that journey, I think the, the, the critical key moment for the culture, corporate culture discussion to emerge was when we got the final get go the green light you can now do this and we looked at each other and said okay how are we going to do it because it's always easy when you talk from the outside it's quite a different subject when you're on the inside and so what we did was we sat down in a room in london i remember to that day and uh, had uh, a number of flip charts in the room and we were like okay now let's write it down uh, what are we going to do how we're going to do it and all the rest of it and it was pretty difficult. It turned out pretty difficult until we flipped the question and said, okay, all of us, because we were like in our mid-40s to mid-50s, all of us had been in the industry for quite a while. So we've seen this and that and the other. So we flipped the question and said, so what is it that in this new company that we're about to form, we don't want to see ever happening again. 
And that flip chart filled itself very, very quickly. Once we had all the points together, grouped them, did our logic, and said, okay, now let's build the organization to avoid these failures, if you like, from our point of view, and get on with it, and off we went. Awesome. I love that. Well, I, I mean, uh, to summarize a, a seasoned career like that in, in such a short amount of time, but one of the things, you know, take away, I'm sure there's so many lessons learned through that time, talking about the corporate culture, talking about like, well, I want to ask you about working with historic brands, because I think that's fascinating. But what I think is interesting just out of that one lesson is it's sometimes hard for people to think about what they do want but they're they're sometimes very clear on what they don't want. And by being to kind of reflect the question and flip the question on its head, it provides a new perspective to look at things. Absolutely. Absolutely. And when we, when we did that, I mean, one of the big issues that we all had faced in our careers in international businesses was the infight between uh, offices of the same agency with each other uh, on elements of a global account because everybody was chasing the revenues that were behind it. So we flipped that around and said, well, the one thing that we just don't want to see in our place is competition on money. We only want to see competition on great work. And that's how we built the structure. We built a one P&L uh, company, avoiding silos. And um, I think the rest is history. Yeah, absolutely. So let's take it back a little bit, you know, 20 years, with one organization, you get another 10 with another, you know, as you've developed that, what were some of your critical, you know, lessons learned that you learned in working with these great brands and working with these great agencies? What have you found has made you successful, not just in the creative world, but in the people world that is going to, you know, shaped how you approach problems and solutions today? I think you just pointed out exactly on the right right word in the people world. There's only one thing that is at your fingertips if you work in these industries, which is people. And I mean, I always call this a human-centric, performance-driven organization. Um, but at the end of it, that's what it is. And uh, that's what you need to create. And, and you need, need to create an environment where that can happen, where people can give their very best, are happy to give their very best. And uh, I always say to leaders, listen, there's one thing that you've got, got available to you, which comes, I would say, for free, right? Because you're always in situations where you have to deal with constraints. There's constraints, there's no time, there's no budget, there's not enough people, there's not enough right uh, expertise and all the rest of it. There's always something missing. I haven't seen any leader in my over 30 years of, of uh, work who ever said, oh, I'm, I'm happy, I've got plenty of everything. Ain't going to happen. You're never going to see that. So the one thing that comes for free, which is something that leaders often didn't or don't tap into, is commitment. And commitment is something that can happen at the team level. It can happen at the corporate level. And commitment is a very easy thing to generate. It's not difficult. It really is not difficult, but you often wonder why leaders complain about, oh, my people aren't committed, they're not you know, fully engaged, they're not 100%, 150% behind it or whatever they want to say. And if you think about it, the basic requirement for commitment 
is to align the goals of the team with the, with the corporate objectives and make sure everybody feels they're part of that team, which basically means you got to create transparency about where you're going. You've got to create an understanding of where you want to go. You've got to involve everybody to actually uh, participate. And, you know, these things sound very banal. But they're not. If they were banal, they would happen every, everywhere all the time, but they don't. And, and you've got to create ownership with your team members so that they can actually feel that empowerment and, and deliver the commitment, go the extra mile. And then as a leader, what you're going to do is recognize that, recognize that big time, make sure everybody knows about it, celebrate when it happens. If the results don't come, also communicate about them and say, well, probably missed the boat at this junction, but we learned a lot, right? So you always have to communicate and make sure your people get it. And then commitment is a resource that can really get you much further than you than you ever thought. I mean, when we when we started the agency, I put a an, a, a South African proverb on the walls of the agency because I, I when I came across it, I thought this captures everything in just two wonderful sentences, and it says, "If you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together." So, bring everybody along make sure everybody feels that they're they're on the bus they're part of the team and then you get more resource than you think yeah absolutely so highlighting a couple of things we've definitely heard that proverb i drop it almost every day because i i love it and and i'm kind of glad that getting alignment and clarity is banal because it keeps us in business as facilitators because it's it's foundational to all of that success but what i heard from what you shared is, you know, regardless of what organization you're in, people are at the heart of it and it's free because they're there. So harness the greatest resource that you have in, in creating that, that guiding coalition with people, making sure that they're coming together, making sure that the strategic objectives are aligned with everybody's goal and make sure that everybody has that level of commitment. If you don't have commitment, you don't have anything to be able to move that forward. So I have a question from from your perspective because you know you're at the peak of your field you're at the top of your field you're working with other people that are at the top of their field and i see kind of a parallel by putting high performers in a room with different personalities different backgrounds and experience and then running that parallel to different brands coming together to try to create something so you know, what were some of the lessons learned either? Hey, I did this really well, or I did this really poorly from gathering together high performing teams. And how did you manage the conjunction of brands and conjunction and of personalities? The hardest thing is to take the egos away. It really is the, 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 the toughest thing. And sometimes you succeed and sometimes you don't. And the way we approached it, there's a nice anecdote probably, I already said that when we started the company, we looked at the things that we didn't want to do again. And I mentioned that there was always, an, or very often, uh, an infight between offices uh, on, on the money. And so in the, in the beginning, we really tried to keep kind of the origin of the work or the team that originated the work as a secret. So clients always wanted to know, so who did this? And where did it happen? Was it this office or that office or the other, other office? 
And we kept on saying, no, well, it's just, it's Block 44 work. Don't, don't, don't worry where, it, where it's coming from. We only worry whether it's great or not. And if it's great, it doesn't matter where it's coming from. And if it isn't great, you shouldn't see it in the first place. So that's kind of how, how we approached it. But it, but it, I mean, it's, it's, it's something where you have to unlearn a lot, right? You have to unlearn a lot because people are trained um, in their joining companies. And, and, and that is something that you have to really, really fully understand. And the same is true for corporate culture, right? I mean, if you get people, I mean, we had a company that didn't exist before, so you start from scratch, perfect. But then you have people joining who all have are coming from different places and you've got a few for whom it's their first job. So for them, what you're creating is the new normal, right? So we saw it when, when uh, people who joined in the beginning left after two or three or four years because they wanted to move to another city or had another, another plan. And I often remembered there were conversations when with people that had been around for longer in the industry that always said, okay, so just make sure you understand that when you're leaving and you're going somewhere, you expect something similar in terms of the culture of the place, but you know, it might not be that similar. And uh, every now and then when people came back for a, popping up in the, in the office saying uh, hi to their old, uh, previous colleagues. Those experiences were actually happening and, and people were t- telling about, oh, we thought some of the things here were a bit challenging, but actually compared to where we're now, this was just great. So you see that. And, and I think from where I'm coming from uh, with the work on building corporate soul is when I left or stepped down as, as CEO, the most normal thing happens, everybody gives you a, uh, an email or a WhatsApp or a call or what have you, and, and you get tons of messages. And and, uh, and we all know these messages when we, we swap jobs and, and these things happen. This time was very different, I think, for two reasons. One, I was the, the last of the founding members who uh, left the leadership team, and people took stock of what they have experienced or had experienced uh, inside Spark 44 and looked at me as, as their leader in terms of moments that they didn't forget that meant a lot to them and, and, and uh, were putting them all in the context of the industry and everything else they experienced. And so I thought, listen, I mean, this is something that is bigger than a nice farewell message to Ralph. This is actually testament of a company with a strong corporate culture, a company with soul, and that's what inspired uh, for the book. And hence, I created the framework, which is in the book, the soul system, which has got three le- three levels. First one is what I call the shared purpose. Everybody talks about purpose. That's been the inward, the buzzword for the last 10, 15 years. And uh, there's nothing wrong with purpose. But to me, purpose only unfolds its potential and its power if it's a shared purpose, and it means shared by the leadership team. Everybody needs to be on the bus and shared with everyone inside the company. Everybody needs to know that. And there's a wonderful study from EY called the business case for purpose, where they've asked leaders around the world about what they think about uh, purpose. And it it tells you why that, that notion of shared is so critical I think 18, yeah, it's 
of the leaders that were asked are saying an organization with shared purpose will have employee satisfaction. Okay, cool. So you read that and you think, oh boy, they got it. Job done. Don't need to write a book. Then when you go down in that study, you read our organization's strategy is reflective of our sense of purpose, and that's only 50% of the leaders say that. Okay, so the organizations might have a purpose, but what they're doing in the strategy is not in sync with that purpose. And then our staff have a clear understanding of organizational purpose and commitment to core values and beliefs. The number is 38%. In other words, it's 62% that don't. And so that notion of shared is the big dilemma in corporations around the world. People often don't know. People see the, the shiny words in the reception or on a corporate video or what have you, but they don't come down to earth in their everyday experience. Uh, the employee experience is not reflective uh, of that, and that is a nightmare, actually. Yeah. Hey, sorry to interrupt. It's Anthony here again. I just wanted to let you know if you're enjoying today's episode, I'd love it if you could give us a review and a comment to let us know where you're listening from. It means a lot to us. It helps us with the algorithm. It also helps us get into the hands of more people so that we can keep bringing great guests onto the show. So please do that. Also, if you or your team are planning a strategic planning offsite coming up, please reach out to us. We'd be happy to see if we're a fit to facilitate to support you and your team getting on the same page and getting clear about where you want to go. So you can visit smestrategy.net or click the link in the description. We'd appreciate both of those things. Now get us back to the episode. So I want to hear about the next two steps of your model before we move on. But before we do that, there's, I mean, you said so much really great stuff. So high-performing leaders, one of the things to kind of keep in check as you're building a team, a new team, anytime you add somebody new, it's a new team, but taking the ego out of it. And high performers, whether or not you like it, many of them have an ego because they are put in that position to be successful and everybody leads a different way. So in the creative industry, your creativity, which is you a lot of times, is the thing you bring to the table. So it's even more challenging in that environment. Recognizing that it's not a zero sum game in those situations. Uh, We've got a global business that we work with, you know, they got offices all over the place. Well, it's one team, not a hundred different offices. So how do you make everybody recognize that there's that common purpose? And then one of the other things that you talked about is, you know, we talk about culture and behaviors, which I think is kind of like level one. And then it turns into like, if you make culture and behavior and then you evolve it, it really turns into that soul. It's the amalgamation of everything and the soul and the purpose of the organization will eclipse or not eclipse, but the values, behavior, and the culture are a part of the soul and the purpose. So the first step that you shared to be able to create that is to create that shared purpose. Because if we don't have a shared purpose, we have different purposes, which means we're moving in different directions and we're working on different things. So how do you create that shared purpose? So step one, shared purpose. Let's see if we can get those other two before we finish up today. We can. So step two is what I call the shared understanding. Okay. And what's behind that are all these wonderful things that you know from corporate strategy. What's your vision? What's your mission? What are your values? Then I've added one thing, which I consider really, really critical, and I call that spirit. 
And we often talk about corporate spirit and all these things. What I mean by spirit in this sense is what is the intended corporate culture? What is it that we want to see, feel, happen in this place? Okay, so you got to make sure that these four are in sync with uh, with with the shared purpose, and then you got a shared understanding. Now, you could argue step one and step two are basically theoretical steps, right? You're basically putting strategic thinking on paper and and make sure you the thinking is accurate and is strong and it's really critical that it's uh, strong best by example from my experience and from everything i've seen is linkedin linkedin is is such a clear company if you like so the purpose is very straightforward to facilitate professional networking everybody inside the firm knows what this is about right facilitate professional networking the vision is create economic opportunity for every member of the global workforce everybody inside the organization now understands what we're about to do is not just facilitating professional networking but to do it in a way that it creates opportunities for those who are on the on the platform and the mission is to connect the world's professionals to make them more productive and successful so the end benefit is Well, make sure Anthony is more successful. That's why he needs to be on LinkedIn and all the rest of it. But when you then add their set of values, and we've all seen corporate values being very superficial and, and exchangeable very often. You see a lot of things and you think like, oh, heard that before. The LinkedIn ones, I think, are a real great example. There are seven of them, and they are a great combination of inward and outward focus. So they start with an outward focus, members first. So you understand, you remember the purpose, the mission, the vision. It's all very clear. And now you hear the values, members first. So it's very clear. This is what your focus is, members. And then number two is relationships matter. Okay. That connects perfectly. Then you they they switch to the internal behaviors and say, well, you got to be open, you got to be honest and constructive. And the fifth one is now let's raise the bar, demand excellence, right? Demand excellence. And the, the, the two last ones basically appeal to everybody as an entrepreneur inside the company. So the sixth value is called take intelligent risks. And the seventh one is called act like an owner. So if you have these seven, you already got a great sense of what the spirit in the company is supposed to be. And then you can go to the next level, which is what I call the shared behaviors. And the shared behaviors are the actions that are recognized inside the company this is how we do things here this is how we deal with things here and they cover everything inside uh, the firm i mean not everything needs to be planned from from the get-go some things develop organically and that's a good thing as long as they are in, in, in sync with um, uh, the purpose and shared purpose and shared understanding but you've got to have a, a view about How do you hire people? How do you promote people? How do you develop people? How do you find external partners that you want to associate yourself with? with, with and on and on and on and on. Everything that happens uh, in, in corporate life. And the way I would put it is every company has a culture. Some have got corporate soul. And those that have soul are the ones who've created an integrity between the purpose, the understanding, and the behaviors. Awesome. I love that. I, it aligns uh, very, very well with, with how we do things. I think it's a really easy structure for people to follow. I think it's harder in practice. 
But, you know, you have to start off with the intentionality of where you want to go. Like you said earlier, the commitment. I think as leaders, if you are committed to creating that purpose, that structure, that shared understanding and shared behavior, then you're going to be well ahead. Uh, I'll say if you would like to do that through a strategic planning process, we can help. You also definitely want to connect with Ralph and get his book. So, Ralph, uh, where can people connect with you? Where can they learn more about your work? Where can they learn more about your book and and how can they get in touch if they want to learn more? So the book is obviously available everywhere where you can buy great books, right? So the official launch is on the 22nd of February. So right now it's open for pre-order and, and obviously just in a short four weeks, uh, it's going to be on, on, on the bookshelves. You can learn about the book on my website, which is buildingcorporatesoul.com. So pretty straightforward. You can connect with me on LinkedIn and over the website. Um, so I'm looking forward and there's there's two features on the, on the website that I would like to highlight where people can in, interact. One is there's a soul, what I call the soul check on the website so you can basically go through a little test and see where you end up in terms of where your companies what what the status of your of the soul of your company is so it's a, like an like an early barometer of of where that sits and and the second one that i would like to highlight is if there's someone in a company in your company that you think is a role model is 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 he or she embodies the soul of the company just drop me a line. There's a there's a there's an area a space on the website that is asking for if you want to recommend anyone who's a sole driver in 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 your company. I'd, I'd like to feature them on my newsletter, which you can also sign up for on the on the website. Awesome. I love that. Well, speaking from, you know, experience of going through this process and and leading teams through that that process of getting alignment on purpose, understanding on behaviors. It is so rewarding for organizations not only to accomplish it as an endpoint, but to go through that process of assessment to say, hey, how can we improve? And then really, as you talk about the implementation of it talking the talk, walking the walk, rewarding the walk and acknowledging people that are living in line with what you want to have is so critical to an organization's success. So Ralph, thank you for sharing today. I'm, I'm looking forward to the book. I'm looking forward to hearing about not just the model, but like the person you who developed the model over, you know, 20 plus years in industry, there's got to be some gold in there about your, uh, your past experience. And I appreciate you sharing it on today's podcast. Anthony, it's been my pleasure. So let's jointly make Solus Company a thing of of the past. I'm with it. I love it. Thank you so much, Ralph. So my guest today, Ralph Spesh, who is the author of Building Corporate Soul and the co-founder and former CEO of Spark 44. So if you have somebody in your organization that you want to support developing their own corporate soul, be sure to send this podcast. If you haven't, be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. And if your team is doing strategic planning sometime coming up, be sure to reach out to us at SME Strategy. My name is Anthony Taylor. This has been the Strategy and Leadership Podcast. Thanks so much for joining us and we'll see you next time. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. Before you go, I wanted to make sure that you knew about our signature course that'll help you better align your team and get them bought into your strategic plan. It's presented really simply that whether you're a seasoned veteran or brand new to strategic planning, it'll help you better understand it, it'll help your team think more strategically, and it'll help you better prioritize and set goals. Ultimately, it's gonna give you a plan that you can execute successfully. Because you have no idea how many plans that I see that look good, but are missing key components to make them successful. And we cover all of those missteps in the course. 
On top of all the video training, you'll get access to all of our workbooks and access to our knowledge base and community. The course is only $4.95 and you can get instant access to all of the videos. Plus you can use the code podcast for $100 off. The course comes with a 100% money back guarantee. If you don't get value from the course, let us know and we'll give you all of your money back. So go to smestrategy.net slash course, use the code podcast for $100 off. And I'm really looking forward to the opportunity to support you and your team in getting alignment and moving your strategic plan forward. Thanks again for listening and we'll catch you next time.